Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in tonight to your show with your radio TV family, Raising Expectations. We're thankful you took the time to be with us tonight, and we thank God for each one of you. There is so much going on in the world today that it's great to be able to hopefully be a family together on on the radio and television each week where we can uh, encourage, strengthen, and let you know that the bottom line, the fact of it all is that God knows what he's doing. He's never failed us. He's always there. And uniquely, individually, as well as collectively, as friends and as a nation, God knows what's going on. So we hope to encourage you today. We always look forward to our time with you. And uh, tonight, it's very warm here where I am in California. In fact, I've got my shirt on. It's so warm that these flowers have been growing. So I'm excited to share with you tonight, just so you'll know a little bit about that. We hit the middle 90s now. And Maybe in Texas, that's being a little bit wussified. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, got a little bit warm. So uh, anyway, we're sure glad that you're with us. And so I want to introduce everybody. As you know, you know the team. You know your family. We've got a great team of co-hosts here. First of all, we all want to let you know that Dr. Uh, Thayer, uh, Craig, and Stephanie, they are in Europe. They're kind of like national lampoons. They're somewhere in Europe, but we don't know because <laughs> they don't have a Wi-Fi. So we just know now and then as we hear from them that they're doing okay. So we're excited. They have two great boys. You know their sons uh, among their family, and uh, they're in some water polo competition. So it's exciting. You know, Dr. Craig was with the U.S. water polo team. He's six foot five. That's why we call him Tank. He can, we'll call him anything he wants us to call him. So he's going to be back next week. Don't worry. And uh, they wish you uh, the best, and they look forward to be back with us. So also, just I'm going to start. I'm really going to make sure I don't make this mistake again. I'm going to begin in the great state of Texas, Central America. And I'm going to start with one of our favorite, my favorite guys in the world, all of us. We just love Pastor Ron. Ron Greer in McKinney, Texas. Ron is a, a pastor. He is a, he ran, he was going for Congress. I mean, this guy has done everything. That's why he's got great insight, but most of all, he loves the Lord and that love shines through. We just love to be together when, you know, we're together as brothers in Christ. So Ron works with men in the mirror and uh, helps people, guys, you know, to, to grow in their discipleship and to be better uh, for their families, for their jobs, for their wives, learn what it means to be a godly man and uh, continue to strive for what we know is right as we seek him. So, Ron, good to have you with us from McKinney, Texas. Hey, hey. good to be here. Good to be here. That's right. We'll play the 20th Century Fox theme for you next week, so that'll come in real good. (laughs) So, now we're not going to the Far East Coast, but we're going to go all the way to the great 
metropolis of Lompoc, California. <laughs> Very good. Well, we have fun with that name, don't we, Paul? We do. <laughs> Dr. Paul Hall is in Lompoc, California. Paul and I went through school together, and the school is still there, which is miraculous. It but is. anyway, Paul's a retired pastor. He is a theologian. He's a teacher. He's another man who loves God. And the neat thing I love about my brothers here is People feel loved through them by the Lord. And uh, that's the mark of me. You know, it's interesting, but one of those things we talk about so often, I was told this a long time ago, the greatest men I have ever known never told me so. And you're looking at two guys right here who truly are great men of God, and God's used them in lives all week long, and they bless my life. So Paul has been theologuing, and I'm sure he'll have some theologues stuff. Stuff? (laughs) <laughs> that's How's a theological that? term. Aramaic, I believe. That's right. That's it. So we'll go from there. So anyway, moving right along and getting serious now. Guys, listen, we have a very special friend with us tonight. We know we have the Texas Renaissance lady who is with us that people love to have on our program, Janine Cunell, formerly with the FBI, Dallas Baptist University. Uh, She's done so many things in her life. She's here by, again, popular demand because people have asked and requested that she comes back. And we love it because we're always encouraged and strengthened by her insight, by her wisdom by the Christian faith. She's walked with God all of her life. And the great thing about people we bring to you and all of us here, uh, we're people that go through things in life just like you. And when we do, wow, we love God even more. And we see God work in incredible ways. So Janine has had God always working in her life in wonderful ways. And so we're going to look at that question and everything we're looking at today, where is God in all of this? And how does he bless us? So we want to welcome here from Weatherford, Texas, which is not far from a kitty in Dallas. Just, yeah, right. Right over next to uh, Fort Worth. And, you know, Janine is an author. She's got a great book. We, I, I should have brought that book. I hope you have one, Janine. You can put it up because I, yeah. If you've got a book somewhere. I was trying to do somewhere. Yeah, I know. I had, uh, yeah. I, 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 it was a great read. She's Quite an author. It's going to be a series. We'll let her tell you a little about it. But she's also a rancher, you know, with horses oh. and dogs and cats. And I tell you, this this lady is very, very special. So, Janine, that's not exactly the most formal intro you'll get, but it comes from our hearts. We thank God for you. We're glad you're here. We're going to give you, since I don't have the 20th century box name wired, welcome tonight to Raising Expectations. Hurry, Paul. There we go. Thank you. Good to see you, Janine. How are you? I tell you what, everybody, I need you. We really want you to pay attention tonight because I really feel like God wants us to share with you how to thrive in unprecedented times and how to use what you have here and now to get there. You don't have to be searching for things. You don't have you already have. You've been prepared before the foundation of the earth to to thrive in this season. And I think we need to encourage our listeners for that because a lot of the world is doing the opposite. So amen. Amen. Ephesians amen. two, right? Favorite part of God. Wow. Janine, yeah. how have you been? Tell us a little about what's going on and then we'll just and go from there. Well, you know, to I know from where I speak or from whence I speak, is that how it goes? Mm-hmm. Um I'm not my own editor, so <laughs> I'm not sure how that is. But I have, I have a, um, my father has been very ill with cancer. I have, uh, a baby goat that broke her leg. 
I have, uh, we've had our um, horses are struggling because all my tanks, a tank is a big body of water in Texas. I think they call that lakes and ponds elsewhere, but we call it a tank here. Uh, all of our tanks are dry because it's been 102 to 108 degrees. So we don't have uh, water for our animals. And I mean, I could go on and on about the things that are going on in this world. But what I have done is I have chosen to shift my focus. And instead of looking at circumstance in my life, I've decided that the way we thrive in these unprecedented times that we're living in uh, is to not withdraw, to not sit back and try to figure things out on our own, but to go out into the world and to be a blessing to others. And so, as you know, that's my favorite thing to do. I just, I, it, it actually gives me the uh, passion to uh, be who I am every day by sowing seed into other people's lives. So to give you an example, right before school was out, we uh, joined the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here and decided to uh, start sponsoring the schools in uh, Parker County. Um, we had closing out school. We had over 250 kids showing up at seven o'clock in the morning on their own. 11 years old to 15 years old to hear about Jesus. And we got the most amazing, amazing stories. I mean, we have kids last, the last week of school, we had 37 kids in one school get saved. Uh, To this day, their parents are coming to church now. I know it's hard to believe in the Bible belt that people have not heard of Jesus, but there are people here that were just so excited to know that there was a light in, in all the darkness that um, they're starting to bring their parents to church, to Bible studies. We had 52 kids uh, at another school get saved before we left for the summer season. So, and, and what I mean by saved is the, the kids are saying, we passed out cards, little index cards, and we said, what is the number one thing that you're facing these days? And uh, we've done that like three times. And I was really shocked to read those cards. They didn't put their names on them, but the anxiety and the depression and the fear that kids are experiencing between 11 and 15 years old is shocking to me. Mm. And so if they're experiencing that at that age, can you imagine as the older you get, the more responsibilities you have, the more that you're experiencing there. So I have made it a point to talk to everybody. We are living in the last of days, in my opinion. And the, the, the only thing that people need, Jesus says, go and do spread his word, his gospel. And so I do that by letting my life and my light shine. And I have some amazing, amazing stories. You know, last week there was a lady that uh, I'm also um, have a construction uh, company. We do building and remodeling. Mm. And they asked me if I would go to this one particular appointment and I uh, knocked and knocked on the door. Nobody answered. Finally, About five minutes later, a lady came to the door with an oxygen tank and she was crying. And I said, told her my name. Are you wanting remodeling? She said, well, my son wants it done. She said, but 
Uh, they've got all my money tied up in a trust. I'm here by myself and I'm dying and I'm alone and I'm fearful. And she just started. And I said, ma'am, can you stop just a moment? Let's, let's take a deep breath and let's see, do you mind if I pray for you? And she walked to the out to her porch and she laid her head on my shoulder. She was 87 years old. And I prayed with her and asked Jesus to make his peace to come over her life and to give her joy that she can't even imagine where it comes from. That's Mm -hmm. not based on her circumstances, but that's based on who he is. And do you know, to this day, she, um, every other day has called me and sent me emails and said that I turned her whole life around. And I'm telling you guys, here's the thing. I didn't spend probably five minutes with her, but it was, it was bringing in the light. Guess what? When you flip on the light, darkness has to flee. And that's why you have to sometimes just say "Time out. We're not going to keep glorifying the enemy. And what he's doing in your life, let's turn around and change our perspective. So I think we should just share that with the world and just be wild at heart all day, every day. We, I mean, that's why we're here. Why should we be anything but that? And I'm telling you, when you pour yourself out, it's kind of like he pours in, you pour out, and it's a consistent flow. So I think that's why I'm so refreshed every day, regardless of the circumstances I have and uh, running a ranch and a business and writing and everything that I do. It's just because he, Jesus is energizing. Amen. Amen. What do you think of that, man? Praise God. Praise God. It's a, 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 I think a very real and needed perspective, as you said, because, you know, this whole last two and a half years, has been primarily and most consistently about fear, being afraid, uh, being mm-hmm. isolating, and this idea that people are constantly being encouraged to be hopeless and mm-hmm. being dependent on any and everything else except for uh, the God and the Lord Himself. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's I think it's part of part of the kind of push behind that whole this whole last couple of years. And I think you're exactly right. It's it's. Satan taking our eyes off of you know, who, the, who the Lord is, what he's doing, and what he has done, but mostly what he's called us to do. Yeah. He is light. It's in a dark world, and he lives in us and lives through us. Therefore, we are light. As he says, be light. So I think you're exactly right and spot on. And you know what, Ron, it's so funny, Ron, when we talk to, uh, when you talk to teenagers, they think that it has to be a long, drawn out. Uh, difficult thing to do. And so what I was telling this young man down the street, I said, you know what? God pursues you. You don't have to worry about that. And he said, well, what do I have to do? You know, do I have to do this, do that? And I said, no, you know what happens when somebody's pursuing you? All you got to do is turn around and you're going to bump right into him. Just turn around. It's not hard. And so, I mean, so he, he really understood that. He means he really pursues me like that. I said, yes, yeah, he's yeah. pursuing you. So it does not mean that you have to do anything yeah. except turn around and stop running and mm. you'll run right into him and he'll change your life. And so when they, people ask questions like that all day, every day, if you can get somebody to look in you, look at you in the eyes these days, because people are so used to doing this, Yeah, right. but if you can get someone to do it, you would be surprised how you can change their entire day. 
So yeah. that's right. That's right. Turn it around. Paul? You know, I, th- I think uh, I appreciate what you said, Janine. Yeah. We, I, I think somewhere along the line, we bought into the lie that serving Jesus and giving a positive word is difficult and we're not prepared and we don't know enough and we haven't been trained and, and on and on and on and on and on. When I was a little, when I was a little, little boy, like growing up in Illinois, there was a television show on, uh, on Sunday mornings called the Christophers and, uh, their theme song was if everyone lit just one little candle, what a bright world this would be. And that made an impression on me when I was a little kid, you know, that, and if we realize that we're not in this alone, we've got the Holy spirit. We've got, we've got the promise of the word. Uh, all he asks is just open your mouth. It's not that hard, you know, and, and to share your life or at least open a door. Uh, it, it may be as simple as saying good morning. Uh, and, and just, recognize helping people recognize that somebody sees them what a nice thing you know i see you and uh, and it's not that hard you know so i agree let's don't buy the lie you know now i was talking to a group of women the other day i was speaking at a woman's club and i would say there was probably i don't know 125 women over i was probably the youngest person there over 70 and that was the theme of what they were saying is what do I need to do? How do I become joyful? How do I, how do I, am I just washed up and everything is over now that I'm 80 years old? I don't really fit. I don't have a place. I don't have this. I don't have that. And so I was telling them, I said, you know, you would be surprised because uh, past pastor, you said something about um, open doors And I told them, I said, you know, a lot of times open doors are back doors. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be the main door. You Mm -hmm. can be in a place where you go in the back door and you're just one of many. But with your light that shines and people are looking for joy and peace and kindness. Oh, man. And so it just really they said they felt inspired like they just feel like that society has just kind of pushed them aside. And I said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You, the thing that my trauma surgeon told me when I was in a head on collision once is he said, uh, young lady, I've been doing this for 33 years and I have never seen anybody walk away from an accident going this fast head on. And he said, and he patted me on the head and he said, your mission is obviously not over. Amen. And so our goal is to let people know that are watching us tonight that if you're here right now, your mission is not over. You're, you still have a mission. Otherwise, your mission is it's not something you have to spend your life looking and trying to figure out and taking personality tests to figure out what your mission is. Your mission is to be yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. Ron? <laughs> Without, without, you know, again, without that idea, without this, this silly idea that I have to be trained, I have to be prepared. I mean, it's, it's, I I often ask people to think about the last two or three people that did something that inspired you. I mean, Mm -hmm. unexpected, you know, and I, you know, ask them, what did it happen? Well, I was at Walmart and uh, this happened and that happened. This this person sucked and sucked. And they'll tell you these stories about how something really impressed upon them or somebody did something at after church once. I said, well, why can't you make a habit of doing that? 
every day. If you know that impacted you, just imitate that. Uh, one of the guys that, that I uh, love that. Yeah. It's, it's because it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a, a process, planned process. You know, you got to read from a script. No. And I think, I think part of that, that lie we bought into is that somehow I have to say it and do it exactly right in order for this person mm-hmm. to be encouraged or in order for them to be safe. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that, that's a lie because it assumes I have the ability that God has never given me. It is the spirit of God who calls people. It is the spirit of God by, that actually <laughs> pricks the heart. And it's God who transforms. I'm going, your tool, your hammer, your, your wrench. Just, yes. your, just, just go out and be you with other people. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. If nothing else, you, if you get to the point where you just can't figure out how to put the word together, yeah. walk up and say, hey, can I tell you what Jesus did in my life? Amen. Okay. I'm not special. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Just, it, it's, I don't know. Just, it's just one of those things that, that I, I think you buy into. Just tell people what God has done in your life. You've got some similar situation, some similar hurt or worry or frustration that God has delivered you from. Hey, let me tell you about what God did in my life. Amen. That's it. And he, he'll tell you. Ron, you make me think, you know, we all carry these things. Yes. You guys remember, excuse me, and lady. <laughs> you remember, <laughs> I got back to California. I'm saying you guys now instead of y'all. But, um, when I got oh, to Texas, wow. I said y'all, and they said, you can't talk. He said, you haul what? I said, <laughs> you said you haul. But anyway. There was a picture of a lady in a mall in Dallas, and she's walking along, and she's on her phone. She oh. doesn't there's anybody around her. And she's walking along, talking to the phone. She walks right in. She's right in this fountain, oh. right in the middle of the thing with the escalators going, face down in the three-foot deep fountain. You know, and she gets up, drip, wet, and everything. That's where the whole world is, like you guys are saying tonight. They're so used to it. They need to be loved. People mm-hmm. need to, like we're saying... Just what Janine does, just a word. Hey, you matter. You know what? You're not just a number. You're not just a phone. If you look up for a minute, let me tell you, it's good to see you today. Are you having a good day? And we're glad you're here. They just want a word or something like that. Then after they hit you, you realize they're on something and you don't let it bother. No, I'm just kidding. No, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. You still say it to them. You, You just pick yourself up and start all over again like that song. But you can go ahead to the people. I, everybody we talk to like that, they're just dying yeah. to say, wow, I'm here. I didn't know I was even here. Yeah. You guys I mean, it, on. If, it's so true. If you want to know the truth about social media, I mean, it's a really, I'm sure that you have, you watched the, the development of that and why social media was invented and so forth. But social media is a perfect example. Everyone just wants to be noticed. And if you can be a good listener <laughs> or if you can be an encourager, it, yeah, it yeah. you don't have to be because here's where I feel like the enemy is confusing some a lot of my friends. They're getting off social media because they say it's so stressful and there's so much strife and everybody is, you know, talks bad about each other and it's so negative. And that's what the enemy wants you to do is to get off social media so that it is run. We're supposed to be involved in society. And if our society is on social media, then get in the big middle of it and sow goodness and kindness. And you don't have to put your personal life on there. No, you no. can get on there. And be in a, in we, we don't have to. No. <laughs> you do not have to tell us what happens all day, every day. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Yeah. Let me just send some FaceTime prison, you know. So. 
So far, we're safe from that. But yeah, it's a nice word. And you know what? You can say something and you don't have to respond to anybody, huh, Janine? You don't have to to come back because if you do, then you're just defending. I don't need to defend Jesus. I just need to smile and tell him and leave it. I've been called things this last week that now that I'm on Twitter again, wow, some of these things... I didn't know there were those kind of words. <laughs> and you know, the, the man side of me, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. Lord, those are in your hands. I just say a prayer and forget there it. You like you said, Ron, you said to me, you said it to me this week. I shared it with Ron, Janine, and Ron goes, you don't even look at him, man. Just look at forget it. Because Ron, it's pretty well plastered too, I think, on some of these. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> at least not last week. I was in jail for three days. So I can't. <laughs> Facebook jail. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it's, it's a habit. <laughs> I've been there too. I've been there as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out where uh, where Ron is positionally. You know, he's just so fluffy and things. <laughs> yeah. you know. uh, yeah, exactly. I admire that. You know, shoot from the hip, tell the truth. In love, it's always it's always a matter of grace. Speaking the yeah. truth, grace and love, and and. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to respond to that. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if you extend love to some people, they wonder what you're up to and what you want. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So being authentic and genuine and sharing your life just out of out of uh, who you are uh, is mm. a great thing, I think. So, Janine, uh, do, me, do me a favor. Uh, can you share? Uh, you have a formal ministry you're you're part of, right? That you developed, started. Yeah. A ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Late now. What was the name of it, Ron? What was you the name of that? Yeah. Uh, the Overcomers or the, I don't know. Uh, that was your book, but that you helped ladies that were calling. Oh, oh the, the, the Fierce Fearless Females. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. so t- 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 tell me about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's why I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm so sore today. Believe it or not, I, I was a Fierce Fearless Female on Father's Day this year. Um, so <laughs> I realized I, I found a niche in society where, um, there is, you've got the church that, uh, people call for help and then you have the government and, but there was nobody in between that didn't require paperwork and, and you know, divulging everything that's going on in your life. That is just a helper, if you will. And I found that niche about two years ago uh, where I uh, collect household items and furniture that people are leaving. Uh, we have people that are moving out of state and they just say, that's, that's what happened to me on Sunday. They were moving and they said, you can have the entire house. I mean, we're talking about pianos, couches, you know, dishes, everything you can imagine, pictures, carpet. Wow. Uh, just the most amazing uh, household items. And so I take a van and I load everything up and I go and I put it in our warehouse. And then I have a designer. I have two designers. And when uh, the Hearts Full of Love Foundation finds a home for someone who's been homeless or who has fallen on rough times, then when that person is at work, uh, I sneak in with my team of fierce, fearless females and the designer, and we put in furniture and 
decorate their whole home in china and flowers and tvs and they come home and it's like it's like the a big reveal and we did that not too long ago for a lady that was working at probably she's worked at this uh little store for 50 years and found herself alone and homeless wow and i'm telling you she wept and wept and wept and if you have time. You have to go look at her response on Facebook. She just Mm. cried and said, I never thought that I would ever have anything like this again. It was the most exciting thing in the world. And we clean everything up and put it in there and make their house feel like a home. And, and so I, it is nonstop. I have people on Sunday, I got everything from, I mean, we're talking about tools lawnmowers i mean just it's unbelievable and people just walk away from everything yeah uh, when they're moving because it's too expensive to move everything now mm-hmm. and families i find are moving closer together families are moving in with one another so they're con- combining their households so i have an unlimited supply uh, we had a family whose house burned down. We did every, we brought them everything for four kids and a mom and a dad. It's just, it's been exhilarating. So I would have never guessed that's not really something that I, and that's the, that's the whole point. It's not something what we're all talking about tonight. I didn't set out and say someday I want to, I was living my life, loving people, giving hope. And then I woke up and thought, well, why does every, nobody we can't put furniture on the side of the road and expect the trash men to pick it up. Why mm. somebody should be refurbishing that stuff and making it nice. So mm. that's what, that's what I did. So you don't have to have a big master plan anymore. We're, we're living in times where people will take hope any way they can get it. So. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. For well, well, I, I think that's, I mean, I think you, you hit it, you hit it, hit the nail on the head again. It's if I make myself available, if I make myself available and ask the Lord, it, it still amazes me yeah. the, the, the explanations and, and how somebody got involved in the ministry, which is why I always <laughs> ask the question. <laughs> it, right. It's always it's always one of those weird deals. Is nobody, like you said, no one sit down and say, well, I sat down and I put together a plan and I started. Totally. No. <laughs> right. it's usually Not so, anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you put yourself in a, in, in a place and, you, and make yourself available and you leave yourself open to the Lord, the Lord's leading. And it's amazing how many things you see and how God leads you in, in certain areas. And sometimes it's like, okay, I, I, he leads me this direction mm-hmm. and I'm ministering to people's needs through this way. And then mm-hmm. down the line, something different, or at the same time, yes. on top of that. So, yeah. That's so true. Praise God. So true. Praise you, God. you make Love me it. feel better when I left Texas. <laughs> Paul knows. You remember, Paul? I was coming out here to help my sister, my brother-in-law, and uh, he has Alzheimer's, and he's with the Lord now with our folks. But uh, I had a house full of all the furniture. What am I going to do with it? I sure didn't yeah. want to. I had no yeah. room. So I called the Salvation Army. Of course, I didn't know anybody else. and. They sent a couple of guys over, and uh, Ron, one was a, oh, a great African-American brother who is a, a Baptist pastor. I love this guy. <laughs> he came in. He's a big guy, you know. And he says, well, which, which thing do you, do you want us to take? And I leaned over. I said, I want you to take it all. <laughs> he looked at me, and he said, are you kidding? I said, and if you want any of it first, you get first dibs. I said, I don't need I gave my books to a retirement community. They, I had 
had 3,000 volumes. So what am I going to do with all those books? You know, <laughs> I mean, I got enough to look half as smart as Ron. Anyway, <laughs> that looks at you. Yeah, it's good. I got them in boxes somewhere, but I don't need that stuff. And so he gave them, they let them give them to a Baptist pastor's union or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he got back to me later and said, it's all going to help. Uh, Baptist pastors in these churches, smaller churches, mm-hmm. and some of them even had what's the word, Paul? With the house next to the church from a long time ago, oh, parsonage. Uh, parsonage. Parsonage. parsonage, yeah, 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 parsonage. So they did that in the parsonage, but I forgot about that, you know, all that stuff, and that was uh, that was a good thing. So I felt first, gee, did I do the right thing? Now I really know I did the right thing. Thanks, there you Steve. Go. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> You know, and it's not, I, I heard about a, a college here. Have y'all heard of the college here that does that? There's a college here. Austin? No. Was it? And, it and what they do is they take, they take furniture, everything, and they furnish the, all of the apartments for all of the students that are coming in so that they don't have to furnish their wow. apartments. And so we got involved in that as well. And so, and you know, you'd be surprised. I would say probably... 75% of the people we help are not in the system. It yeah, a lot yeah. of people are afraid to ask for help and just live without. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. it's amazing when you live life, you start hearing of people that need things or that don't have or have family that don't yeah. have. And yeah. so it's exciting because then it's exciting for the giver as well, because then yeah. you get yeah. to see your blessing. So absolutely. And yeah. you know, that's another another great point. I think you, you people don't. People don't understand the idea of, of, of being blessed by giving, being blessed by giving of themselves and mm-hmm. not understanding that if you want to fully uh, understand this blessing and grace in God in your life, the yeah. best way of doing that is imitating God by giving, giving away constantly. And the yeah. more you give, the, the more you seem to get from the Lord. Um, it, and, you know, and, and I, I know at times people are people are afraid. Because we have to, we have a tendency to possess our our stuff, possess yes. our lives. We want to control it rather than saying, "Okay, Lord, whatever you want to do with it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they hear stories like like our family, some of our stuff, our friends and family. They go, "I don't want to do that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one one example is I did so. I did twenty three years of prison ministry, uh, that le- and that led to another eighteen years of aftercare with guys getting out of prison. Oh well, yeah. That's 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 all started because some weird guy who stuttered uh, kept bugging my calling my house, bugging my wife. He all just happened to call when I'm not at home and she's trying to get dinner, dinner ready and the kids together. And she's had it <laughs> so like, like at home at night. She said, call this guy. He better not call me again. So I called him and he begged yeah. me to come out to the local prison to talk to these guys in the prison just on Tuesday night. I said, fine, I'll come. I got one Tuesday night, got out there and didn't finish. And some kid asked me if I would come back and finish up the next week. And me like a fool, I said, okay, sure, sure. I'll come back next week. <laughs> I was there for the next six years. Every Tuesday. That's awesome. And doing for the next next 23 years, doing travel cra- cra- around the country, doing prison ministry. Uh, we've had... Uh, we've had 37 people live with us in 20, the 27 years, 37 people, 29 experts live in our house with us over the years. Why? Because one guy, one day <laughs> was thrown out on the street and I have been 
praying to the Lord, you know, to use me. Yeah, right. yeah. Hello, hello. <laughs> That's it. He's yeah. on the street. He doesn't know anybody. I go, well, you know, it's the least we can do. I mean, I'll, I'll be the Christian man, just witness. I'll help him pick his stuff up, and then I'll find a place for him to stay. Well, that was Tracy. There was no place to stay, no place we get resources. So I'm stuck. I got, I got to go to my wife from work, and I can't leave him on the outside. I've got this rain, freezing rain, and it's cold. So I said, just please stay here until I get back. Tracy was number one of 37 to live with us. <laughs> All because God said, just make yourself available. Just give yourself, walk through every day like you do, Eugenie. Walk That's through nice. and look for ways that God to use you and just let him use you. Yeah. I love that. Sorry. I think it's, it's not say it's it's not staying focused on yourself. I think yes. a lot of people when we go through difficult times, you withdraw and you think about I have this problem and my there's you know sickness and you know drama yeah. and health problems and yeah. animals yeah. and people and you get so self focused that you don't look around and think. And you know, actually, I think the enemy wants us to do that because yes. Yes. if you would spend time looking, it's like you said that was number one of thirty seven. Yes. What if you would have been focused on whatever was going on in your life? Then yes. you would have right. never, Missed. never found that. Amen. So well, you know, you we start, someone started a ministry here. here. We're doing that uh, for women. As well, they have a home here where women that just get out of prison stay. So I'm helping them as well. And we're looking for a commercial dishwasher right now to put in a home so that six women that are out of prison can live together. So I'm going to start looking for one of those soon. So, yeah, you there's talk to uh, to. Uh, oh, come on. Richard Ray. He does a lot, you know, Dallas Fox 4 News. He's a good oh, guy. Yeah, yeah lot. that's and right. Remember, and he he does oh, missions to help people like this. He helps homes for people and other. And uh, he's just a great guy. He and his wife are special people. They're coming back on in about a month or so. That's a good but, idea. I'll do that. Yeah. He, uh, he, tell he, him, tell him, we, we, uh, we sent you. We sent you. That's right. Tell him we sent you. Yeah, it's still Maybe <laughs> not, Jenny. No, just kidding. I, this guy, this Paul Hall over here, I tell, I've known Paul, what? Let's not even say 50 years. And uh, from college, way back when. And uh, he's got the same heart we're talking about. I, I have seen him give more of himself to people. We used to do youth revivals, Janine, all over the state back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and sharing with families and kids, you know, there are a few times when we could, we were so tired, we'd driven all the way there and people would ask questions after and they'd want to talk. And, uh, you know, I would talk for a while. I had to sing. That took more energy. But <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul would catch every one of them and talk to him. And, and he's been doing that his whole life. That's one thing I love about you, brother, just like Ron. And uh, Janine, this we've got a team tonight, people that really know what they're talking about on this. And uh, well, he, now he theologues so we can understand it better. I do. You know, I, part of my theologuing tonight is uh, thinking about this. Where's God in this? In my 58 years of walking with the Lord, I can't remember a time when I woke up in the morning and God asked me what I thought we should do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I heard a, a wise person say one time <laughs> between me and God is he never thinks that he's me. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good things about that. Oh, um, that's good. I learned uh, 
A, a couple of things. I, I remember a phrase I learned in Texas, and it was great. Pastors this little church in Eoli in Texas, outside Breckenridge, and uh, one of the members there, uh, he said, "Hey, have you heard this prayer?" He said, "Lord, I know it's more blessed to give than receive, but in order to live that high on the hog, it's going to take another handout from you." You know, and and the other thing uh, that I wanted to share with you is that somehow we get the I somewhere we get this idea sometimes that we're the ones who come up with these great ideas, you know, that that we're the ones. Aha, like the light comes on. Well, God's already at work. He's already doing it. Just inviting us to be a part of it. And uh, and there's the joy, you know, when we decide to be a part of it. Sometimes, as Henry Blackaby says in in uh, in his teachings about experiencing God, we have to make adjustments, you know, in our lives. Uh, but the question is, are you coming with me or are you not? Because I'm working, and uh, I like that part. Just find out where God's doing some great stuff and jump in there, you know. And and, and sometimes yeah. the key, Paul, is like you said, Janine. It's just like you know. We're, he says it like Paul said to us, but then people are afraid. But if you say just that word, I've seen you guys do it. And Janine, I know you do this. Just a positive word. It's a look. It's a share. Say, hey, God's with you. He's got this. That opens it up to what Paul was just saying. And then God can really work through people. But they need that touch that you do to everybody when you share that way. That's what these letters come in. Paul, that's excellent. Yeah, I like that one. God doesn't think it's me, right, Ron? That's you know good. what? That's so. It really is true, Paul, because that's I good. have uh, I have a friend that is a, a new Christian, and he just found out that he has a uh, terrible disease. And when he left the hospital, and, and mind you, he's um, it's not like it was some master plan that I. It was just I randomly met this guy. Mm-hmm. And his fa- he and his wife and his family, and right before, just months before he got sick, mm-hmm. and he, because of the joy that he got to experience being the muscle for Fierce Fearless Females, uh, mm-hmm. accepted Christ into his life and decided mm-hmm. to turn his life around. Then he finds out that he's, you know, got just months to live. And when the doctor told him that he walked out of the hospital and fell to his knees in the, in the walkway and just mm. put his hands up in the sky. And he said, Lord, show me what to do. And he starts weeping. And do you know, within 20 seconds, there were 12 people standing around him all with their arms around each other praying. And they were all people at the same center of, of, of disease control for cancer. And they were all praying together in a circle just because he humbled himself and said, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. I love you. I want to be a a man of God for you. And just people came out of, I mean, think about that. Any circumstance. And so now they're all praying together. I mean, Mm. how amazing is that? (laughs) I mean, to have the sick praying for the sick. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was the most amazing thing. And I just, I wept and I said, God, you're so faithful because no matter what you can bump into it every single yes. day, no matter what you're going through. Yeah. You know, my son told me something on Sunday. He said, mom, sometimes you, a lot of people say, I don't have the money. I don't have, I wasn't born on the, the right side of the tracks. I don't have the background. I don't have the education experience, blah, blah, blah. And 
he said, you know, sometimes all you have to do is God just says, what do you have? Well, I have time. You know, if you don't have anything else, you've got time. And he says, you give your time to me and I'll bless it. And so it's just like the many, many stories we see in the Bible. It's the little boy with the loaves and fishes. You you hand what you have, you're responsible if you keep it. In your hands, you're the one responsible for it. If you release it, then God's responsible. Amen. So release your love, release whatever it is. If you don't have love, release something else. If you just have one little thing, release that and let him use that. And if it's just time, then time is going to be exponential for you because that's you, that's where you sow the seed. That's where you're going to get the harvest. So. Speaking of time, I'm going to take a quick time and I'm going to ask Ron, if you guys will think of one good question you want to ask Janine, I'm going to take a quick call here. And that is, uh, folks, you know, first of all, we want to thank you for those that donate to Raising Expectations. Thanks for making it work for us. Thanks for helping us to be able to um, be on the air and to be able to share the great things like tonight, great encouragers like Janine, and uh, and hopefully bring you closer to the Lord. Uh, thanks for doing that. And some of you have shared you're praying about things. If you feel led of the Lord, any gift that God calls you to give to our program, we will be blessed. We don't say much about it. And it's not how much or what, it's whatever God leads you. Like Janine said, we'll sure be blessed by it and we'll be able to meet our financial needs. And thanks for those of you that do give. Thanks so much. You are an answer to our prayers and those that may be we thank you in advance. And if you can't, we don't care. You're part of our family. <laughs> but we find you with us each week, whatever. It makes no difference there. God's going to provide whatever he does. Um, so, again, where do you provide it? I almost forgot, guys. Come on. We all know this one. It's, here we go. You ready for this? I don't have the sign yet, but it's coming. It's coming. BBSradio.com forward slash raising expectations. Let me say it a little faster. BBSradio.com forward slash raising expectations. There's a little button on there, and it says donate. We just call it gifts. But if you'll give a gift there, thanks so much. We'll appreciate it. Okay, I did that in only about 90 seconds. That's good. Of course, that was a typical pastor routine. Didn't sound really great, but at least y'all got it. So, hey, guys, let's ask ask Janine from your heart something about what she does, because she just uh, she's just a real servant of the Lord. Any, anything you want to share, Ron? Oh, Any me questions? first? I was going to give Paul opportunity to go first, but hey, I'll yeah, take it. Paul, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ron, Ron. <laughs> so, Janine, uh, so you, leaving yourself open to the Lord, choosing every opportunity you can get, um, your, your, your family and friends around you, <laughs> uh, how, how, how to write this, how then do, do you involve them or how do you say sensitive to them or, or is everybody around you on board with whatever God's calling you to do? Oh, no, you have to be sense. very careful who you share your dreams with. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I tell you what, uh, when you take a stand in your family, mm-hmm. um, even if somebody does say something about you, Joe, or type something about you on Twitter or say something negative, they are at least paying attention to what mm-hmm. you're saying. And so <laughs> I find in my family that they pay attention. Uh, and if they're not on board, when they go through their first crisis, then they are on board. Because we are, we are connected to the one who has all the answers. And, and sometimes people just need somebody to deliver that. So, but you know, it's funny because I have connected very strong with my son and my sisters and, 
And it's just amazing how, because we all see the urgency of the times. And even if it's in something like politics, I mean, you, they need men and women of God in politics. We, we need, really? we need all of us everywhere in society. What, what did you, are you, what are you involved in, Ron? Because I would love to have you come speak out here. Well, right now I, uh, I am a recovering pastor and I've rec- <laughs> done men's discipleship for 40 years. So now uh-huh. I train, train pastors and men's leaders, how to awesome. disciple men, how to train those men to disciple other men, how to create a culture of discipleship, people pouring into other people. So That's yeah, awesome. I, I'm a trainer consultant now. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I spent a number of years involved. I was you know, a firefighter and a pastor for a number of years in the prison ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. We did at-risk ministry among at-risk kids. And I also uh, got involved, deeply involved in politics, ran for Congress three times and did a lot of work in Washington, D.C. on uh, legislation. And that's awesome. Uh, other, a number of things like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, I kind of I feel a kindred spirit with you. I mean, I'm like I'm all over. Right. I've done everything. From, yeah, everybody's like. What what did you do at the FBI? And I'm like, oh, I caught spies and learned how to write. And so then I became a writer. And they're like, how did you learn to be a writer at the FBI? I'm like, you write reports nonstop. You have to tell a story in two minutes or less. So it's just funny how you you take the convergence of everything you've done in your life, which has prepared all of us for where we are now. So yeah, everything yeah. played a role. And yeah. So I, my, my family and friends said I'm unfocused. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I have. <laughs> well, we that's might say the same thing. So don't. <laughs> I just, that's what you should call yourself a Renaissance man because you know, okay. go I'll look, do that. You should <laughs> because that's basically what Renaissance is: is a little bit of everything and not much right. of anything. So right. you, you well, just love everything. <laughs> so I've, I've traveled. I've traveled around the country speaking for years, and it's it's always funny because you speak one place and somebody, well, well, what exactly do you speak on? <laughs> so, well, what do you want? <laughs> you want? <laughs> what's, what you, what's your focus? Like to hear. <laughs> go what? Yeah, tell oh. you what you like to hear. We'll help you. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Oh, Lord. I'm Paul. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No apologies. That was good, Ron. That was real good, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Janine, quick question here for you. All right. People have asked uh, in the past, people have asked me, well, how do you discern God's will? How do you know God's leading in that direction or in this direction? So what are some of the things that you do to discern God's will for you uh, and direction? Do you have any any tips you could give? You know, it's so crazy that you asked me that. That is something that I have actually, I'm a new newbie and learned this over the last two and a half years. What I do, remember when I told you that I wake up every morning and I throw my hands in the air and I say, my answer is yes, Lord, whatever it is you want for me today is yes. My answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it started with that. And then what I realized is that When you are keeping your eyes on him and not on the world, because when you keep your eyes on the world, you focus on business and you focus on people and you focus on religion and you focus on so many different politics. If you keep your eyes on him and you say, yes, whatever it is that you run into that day, when you feel peace, my meter is peace. If I feel peace, That's my meter to move forward. If I'm troubled, 
or I feel like I have to pick up the phone and ask somebody what they think, then I, that's not God because, mm-hmm. because that is me kicking into gear, trying to be analyzed and figure out a strategy and so on and so forth. So for me, it's my peace meter. So if I am standing at the gas station and all of a sudden somebody drives up and I feel peace about something with them, then I'll just kind of turn my head over and say, are you having a bad day? Because they were throwing things and slamming things. And when my peace hits me like that, I feel like that's almost where the Holy Spirit is. That's where he shows up and then he takes over. And then I pretty much don't have anything to do with it. So the strategy for me is to not be a strategist. Because that's what I did my whole life. I'm an analytical strategist. If I step back and just go with the peace of the Holy Spirit, uh, and you'll feel, you'll know when you have peace, it's something that you automatically flow in without having to ask anyone. So it's amazing you ask that, but I, that's my number one goal is to say yes every day and not be a strategist because. Well, thanks, Janine. Boy, that is awesome. And that's a great tip for everybody. Well, folks, we've got about uh, 40 seconds here. Janine, thank you. We really want to thank you. I know Stephanie and Tank are going to be sorry they missed you because Stephanie loves it when you come on. She loves to talk to you. So um, thanks so much. Uh, we've, actually, we've got one minute there and we're done. Uh, thanking people is one thing, but we truly thank you because you're a great encourager and uh, you encourage Amen. people around you. And we enjoy talking with you because we feel the same thing. Once you say we second amen all the way down the road. So Ron, love you, brother. And Paul, love you, man. And uh, we'll see if they get back from the lampoon trip to Europe. We'll see them next week, folks. And uh, we've got some great guys. We've got a couple of assemblymen coming on running for Congress here in the state of California, Kevin Kiley. We've got uh, a couple of great people. We have a four-star general. We have a we have an honorable West Point man coming in. Uh, we're going to have some great people coming up. So uh, a lot of others yeah. also. We have a, a whistleblower from Texas. We'll tell you about her later. Oh. So oh. it's going to be something. Yeah, we each get a whistle that night. It's going to be fun. So you'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless you and keep you, Janine. Thank you, Janine. Take care, Janine. Thanks for being with us. God bless you all. Thanks to you. Raising expectations. It's your show. We're your family. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. friends thanks for joining us on this week's program of raising expectations we profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous but most of all uplifting so that we may with you one topic at a time each week become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in as we always say this thing called life in america today So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.